Hello. Hi. Hey, Richard. Um, this is Brittany, and welcome to my chair. Oh, but Brittany, it's great to meet you. Or uh, I, I, well, we already know each other, but it's great to hear your voice. Yeah, I know. I've been following you for a while. I had a good friend of mine. Um, I was going through a hard time and uh, with the whole hell thing. And um, basically, um, my buddy was like, you need to read what this guy writes. This is what you need to follow. So I've been following you. And it just, it was just your perception on basically a new way to read things um, when reading the Bible. Cause I was raised reading it through the literal translation. So um, before we get in with you, I really want to introduce you so people can know who you are here today. Um, okay. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for being on. And um, basically Richard Murray, uh, you, <laughs> you have a beautiful wife and seven kids. Oh my God. <laughs> I have two. crazy. And then uh, you were a criminal defense attorney. And uh, the most exciting part out of everything I read, and you're going to be like, what well, I'm getting off the show now is I saw you went to UGA. And <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm a dogs fan. And I was just like, all right, my- go dogs. Sick em. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I saw that. I was like, this is my kind of people. Um, and so anyways, and then you went to a Regent University School of Divinity. I mean, you know your stuff. You're a smart guy. So I was a little intimidated. I'm like, oh, my God, this I've been following you. I love just to see someone who's a deep thinker, thinks outside of the box. And um, let's see, you wrote several books. Um, I was very surprised by this one, The Tiger, because, you know, I, I was guessing it's not about the Tiger King everyone's talking about. Uh, no, no, basically, <laughs> basically it's, uh, it was one of the first things I ever wrote and it's basically a short book on, uh, knowing God and about focusing, how to develop, uh, focus towards God that heard Kavana and Kavana essentially was a form of heart concentration. Uh, so, and, and it would, there, there are ways to practice it. So that's basically what that book is about. Just about experiencing God's love about focusing devotional. It's a devotional wow. uh, tool. So would uh, you say it's like meditation, like heart focusing, a form of meditation? Yeah, they basically, uh, I, I try to avoid terms that get New too age. elaborate. Yeah. Be, well, yeah, yeah. But, but it's such a, it's it's so under the radar type of thing, but basically the the Hebrews taught that when you're praying or you're uh, concentrating or meditating on God, that you 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 get an image that he, he is right across from you, talking to you face to face. Wow! You know? And um, the practical implications of how you posture your thinking when you're doing that is some of what the book talks about. But it's it's all about just. Uh, relating to the ongoing and you know that's what else is there I mean if we no. you know if, if we learn no. if we learn how to do that if we learn how to do that and learn how to prioritize it and to just you know keep open and sensitive to the spirit then um, then wonderful things will happen to us and wonderful things will occur to us it's all about things occurring to us you know and, exactly. and when, when certain yeah, when the Lord, you know, when the Lord drops an occurrence to your thinking, you know, it's it's markedly different, you know, than than just somebody suggesting something to you. It has love. It's drenched in love and it's drenched in light and and comfort and that and that sort of thing. Right. Well, that I mean, 
that is just so amazing. I'm I'm in a school of prophecy right now uh, with Jeremy Lopez. I don't know if you've um, if you're familiar with him, but it's it's really interesting because everything you just said is just right on, and that it's about experiencing that Jesus is the truth. He's not the absolute. He's the truth, and it's about that just energy flow going with God and everything you do. And I've also just coming from this. I was this terrified little girl who was raised in Hell House. I don't know if you're familiar with Hell House. Yes. Yes. So that's, I came from, um, and I'm not downing any churches, but that charismatic, uh, uh, um, Pentecostal type upbringing. And so it carried on with me. And, and I was looking over, you sent me some stuff about you and I was wondering why God really put you on my heart to have you on the show. And, and I knew it was because, um, the ministry I'm involved in, it's, it's about a lot like the Quakers. They kind of have this thing where it's like, it's a friendship thing. It's a unity. It's, it's everyone's welcome. Um, you know, we're all children of God. And so I was like, let me read over this. Cause I love how you're just no, you know, not about the hell thing. I'm just done with the hell thing. I turned away from God because the hell thing and I turned away, but I just didn't know. And, um, I was reading that you are, um, you know, I'm going to get a little personal here. Um, I'm in recovery for alcoholism. Um, I've been redeemed and um, I celebrate recovery in AA. And I was reading some of your history and I just am seeing so many correlations with your past of what you were redeemed from. Let me put that out there that you, we, we have similar stories. Um, you know, as a child, you were mentioning things, um, with you about your grades, um, kind of like the Moses things, dyslexia with speech. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. So many things correlated between, you know, with what you went through. And I'm just curious because it's all the alcoholism thing. What, how are you delivered from that? Like, because I know my story, but that, that's, that's new. I didn't even know we were going to get into this and I hope this is okay to bring it up. Sure. Sure it is. Well, um, in those days, uh, I came to the Lord in 1989, and then a year later, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, just in time, because I was starting to circle the drain. Right. <laughs> yeah. term, oh, I'll uh, uh, You know, a lot of fresh Christians, if they're not taken up to the next step, uh, you know, of receiving that empowerment from the Holy Spirit, then they can languish and, 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 and fall back. And uh, so, praise God, I was in a Baptist church. And they were wonderful people. But um, I, I met a man named Dewey Hammond, who uh, he uh, he was teaching Bible studies uh, in uh, downtown Dalton. And he was the first man I ever heard talk about God like he really knew him, Wow! <laughs> you know? yeah. like, like he was real. And I said, oh, wait a minute, you know, because the, you know, the Baptist people were, were, were saying good things about him, but they weren't. It wasn't a relationship. that sense of co- of connection that they know that this is a person they're talking about with a personality and a, and a, and a reliance. And when I met Dewey, he sort of just wedged in and became my spiritual dad pretty quick and led me, led me through the baptism. Uh, And really it was in the wake of that because all those urges, all those things I talk about, about being delivered from were starting to come back to me about a year, you know, and you got to imagine, yeah, I was almost 30 when I, when I got born again and uh, I got baptized as an adult. My wife got baptized as well. She came to the Lord within 24 hours of when I did in a separate location because we were separated at the time. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we were physically separated, but we were also separated at the time and we had just had my first our firstborn. And, um, you know, a few months later I was out of there, you know, I was looking for greener fields and, and trying to, you know, feed my flesh, but I was also miserable. 
And, um, and it was in the wake of that, 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 um, we went to a, a church, um, together, uh, for some reason we went, we met there, uh, and there was some, at the end of the service, it was the, um, uh, music director's anniversary. So they asked everyone to write a, a, a good wish, an anniversary wish for the, for the, uh, the music leader. And of course I didn't know. And, and then the pastor said, and if there's anything else you'd like to, you know, if you need with something, write it down. Uh, so I wrote something desperate down and she wrote something desperate down and we <laughs> didn't know it. And uh, the pastor was a sweet man and we still love him dearly. Oh. And he came and uh, I received the Lord in the parking lot of the Cracker Barrel restaurant here in Dalton, oh, Georgia. That's that's <laughs> and, right. and I didn't feel anything for about three days, but then three days later, I, the joy of the Lord came on me. Oh. And then um, for that first year and the same with my wife. And then for that first year, you know, I was going uh, dutifully going to the Baptist uh, meetings and all, but it started to wane. And then I met Dewey and Dewey let, let me and my wife both into the, the deeper things of the Lord. And really it was in the wake of that. So when you mentioned, you know, when you, uh, it was in the wake of the baptism that I really got delivered uh, of a lot of stuff as, as the, uh, just the desire, uh, my desire was transformed. I, I'm always touched by that verse. that says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, that, that word delight means, you may have heard this, but I mean, it means just being horizontal, almost feminine with the Lord. Wow. And then, and yeah. then he gives you, it's not that he uh, gives you what you want, it's that he gives you new desires. Oh my <laughs> so, God, I didn't think of it. That's, wow. That's, that's crazy. I love that. So, so he, he yeah, he basically rewired me and uh, all the things that I was looking to satisfy my flesh with, I became that uh righteously lustful in a good way for, for wisdom and, and from understanding the word and, and for, you know, worshiping and getting to hear his thoughts, I began to really long for the Lord. It was pure. That was sanctified. That desire is sanctified. And I, and I think that's, that's the key. You know, when we fall into addictions and things like that, it's because there's an ecstasy deficit in us and we're trying to fill it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we're just trying to fill it with a carnality in, instead of the spirit. And it's like putting a, uh, that pure gasoline in you when you operate in the spirit, you know, it's, it's like that fuel yeah. is pure. Well, <laughs> Whereas all the other, <laughs> I said, I went from, you know, when I, when I, re- we call it an AA receiving the miracle, but that's really what, what you're saying. That's what it is. I said, I went from needing the Corona juice to the Jesus juice. And, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm going to get a little informal here, but I was like, and not the Michael Jackson, Jesus juice. We're talking about like straight up Jesus. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, uh, absolutely no absolutely yeah. i mean it's kind of it's contrasted you know don't be filled you know in excess with alcohol but be filled with the spirit i mean they're, they're contrasted they're compared yeah you know, there's, yeah there's i a mean joy. you gotta love a good metaphors or yeah some contrast um well that is just i love that and and i really you know things just stick out to me and that's that's usually what i write down and i if you could tell us a little bit about your experience because this is i had my own experience but when god gained a personality for you is in the time if if i'm correct what i read was you're wrestling and and that's when you kind of started experiencing um and then you know you felt that where uh the holy spirit kind of coming over you and you realized god had a personality and, and all that could you tell us a little bit about that Sure. Well, actually, um, you know, I, I was not raised in church, so I don't have a whole lot of religious programming, although I got a lot in that first year, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't have any, I didn't have any growing up, but I was a wrestler. And, um, my testimony was growing up that 
in elementary school, my grades were horrible. I had a speech impediment. Uh, I was very overweight. My brother was a genius and he still is a genius. Uh, he made, you know, all the dean's lists and he, he was you know older than me, but I, I barely passed. And uh, I went to my, what is it, 40th high school reunion or 30th, whatever it was, I guess 40th. And, um, you know, it's like some of these people can't believe that I went to law school and became a lawyer because the Richard they knew was <laughs> was pretty uh, uh, lacking in any academic qualifications. It really, the, the Lord did a work. But, but, but aside from all that, mm-hmm. um, when I got into high school, I lost, it's like over overnight, I lost weight. I became athletic between the seventh and eighth grade. Um, and I got very close to my wrestling coach and he was like a father figure to me. Well, anyway, that, that whole experience lay dormant in me for decades until Toronto, when I went to the Toronto revival in the early nineties. And while I was there, and I don't know how, how familiar you might be with that revival, but it was a really great revival. I, uh, I, I mean, heard, I had a friend actually just tell me about it and, um, yeah, so it's, I didn't know much about it before reading your testimony. Well, they had a lot of nameless people there who were praying prophecy. And uh, of course, John Arnott was uh, with the vineyard, with the Toronto Vineyard was the one moderating it. But it was very, it didn't have, that I could perceive, it didn't really have any control, you know, any control issues. And they really wanted to bless people who came there from all over the world. Well, anyway, I'm down on the carpet getting prayed for. And all of a sudden, the Lord gives me this magnificent experience where he takes me back to a particular wrestling incident as a child. And uh, to understand that, uh, you know, I'd been made fun of and mocked as a child all for my up through seventh grade. And then in I, eighth grade, I, I got close to my wrestling coach and he trained me and I, I, I became a really good wrestler almost overnight. Wow. I was just waiting for someone to activate me. Well, anyhow, uh, our high school closed down and I lost contact with my coach. He went to another high school and and I went to another high school and. Uh, so fast forward three, three to four years later, when I'm wrestling, uh, the most dangerous man in America at the time is his, his name was John Harms, H-A-R-M-S. <laughs> and he was, he was older than me. He was a year older than me, but he was the strongest person I've ever <laughs> wrestled oh, in my life. My so, so anyhow, I'm, I'm on the mat. My, my, my new coach is there in my corner. And I go out and I shake this and I'm calling him a gorilla in a, in a complimentary way because oh, <laughs> oh, he course. was built like a gorilla. Hi, gorilla. And uh, <laughs> so I turned around and I looked over and my old coach had pulled up a chair and was in the third corner over in the corner like of the Mr. mat. Miyagi moment. <laughs> yes. And uh, I locked eyes with him and it was just like, and he was there cheering for me And the, the Holy Spirit quickened that image for me to show me that God had always been in my corner that I, you know, did, you know, through all the pain, through everything, not just the first seven years, but everything, you know, through my carnality as an adult and through my marriage problems that God was there in my corner the whole time. I just didn't perceive him. And then as that is the reality of that image just soaked deep into me, I just was wailing and wailing, you know, with just because there was the tenderness. I realized the tenderness of the Lord that was there that I, and, and, and in my own emotional language, he revealed himself as my wrestling coach is the bottom line. <laughs> and that for that forever changed and elevated my view of God. And um, and then it was really funny the way that ended was because I tried to after it was over with and I was there about an hour. I, I tried to get up and I couldn't get up. And then I, I heard him say to my spirit. Uh, he showed me that he had put a half Nelson on me and he said, you thought you could get up, huh? <laughs> you know, so it's just, just a way to top it off. And that's, so it was that experience that ultimately led me 
through the goodness of God, through everything. That is um, that is the Rosetta Stone for me. That's my tuning fork. That experience with God showed me what his nature was. And I, that f- laid the groundwork for me to later move into what I, you know, what I share about hell and reinterpreting scripture. Uh, and it's really not reinterpreting it because the early church fathers read it the way it, it's largely uh, ignored the way that they read scripture. Uh, but they read it in, in much the way that uh, many of my ideas I got from them. And so it's it's. Um, uh, they basically believe the same thing, that you read the scripture with the character of God. You have to let the character yes. of God interpret scripture rather than letting the dead letter of scripture interpret the character of God. And that that difference makes all the difference. And now I know, I mean, I, everything I believe or don't believe really comes from the foundation that was laid in that experience. So that's how important it was for me, you know, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit was also important and, and the new birth was was uh, was important as well. Um, but, um, you know, the Toronto experience was really what forever set my path towards the goodness of God. Well, that's so amazing. I love that. That just, I'm so glad that people get to hear that. Cause that's, this is what I've said is, is when I used to read the Bible as a child into high school, before I kind of walked away from things, I read it through the way I was taught, which was incorrect. And, and I'll say that loud and proud, like it was incorrect because I was reading literal. Um, then I started reading from my personal relationship, which was, I call it love goggles. Like I put my mm. love goggles on and, and God is love. So based on that principle alone, if God is love, he is my father, he's my daddy. If I have to look at how do you love your children, Brittany? And I look at my kids and I love them unconditionally. They can hate me one day because I take roadblocks away. I still love them. I I love them no matter what. How much more does the father love me? So I started rereading the Bible from my spirit also. It's, It's you read from your heart love perspective like through the holy spirit in a way through a spirit perspective with love goggles i like to keep it cute and and it transformed um i wanted to read this because when i was younger first corinthians 13 4 5 4 through 5 um if and this is all based on that love is god right and and when you Mm -hmm. read it literal it's it's kind of like oh okay whatever but love is patient love is kind it does not envy does not boast it it, and proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs and i just got goosebumps because if you replace love with god god is patient god is kind he does not envy he doesn't boast he isn't proud he doesn't dishonor others he is not self-seeking he is not easily angered and he keeps no record of wrongs that is amen so <laughs> that's, is, that's good that's excellent that's what i'm talking about like it's all it's a perspective change in the spirit of of love if you're not reading with love goggles you're not reading it the way paul and all of them were talking about like it's so it's it's interesting well and and you know it's not like he didn't he, paul didn't exactly tell us what you just said because he he says you know you read the letter kills and uh the spirit gives life and the dead letter of scripture does kill and it kills our image of God and it makes him a killer. Right. But when we read, but when we read by the spirit, then that tuning for it comes in and it, 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 it massages the meaning and lets us see 
um, that a lot of this, a lot of the wrong ideas we have, um, getting back to hell, a lot of the wrong ideas we have there come from later interpreters or translators. And uh, But when you go back to the original languages, some of those words don't mean just what the brimstoners, I like to call them yes. the brimstoners. Some people call them the infernalists. And, and you know, that, that that's a frustration for me because, you know, the people who should know this the most are charismatics. And yet they can be the ones who are the most on it. Not all of them, but I mean, some of them can be one that are so literal on certain passages and so spiritual on others. It's ego. I mean, let's get down to it. It's about being right and wrong. And, and Jesus is the truth. It has, and right. you know, it's, it's the tree of, for them, it's the tree. I'm feeling it's the tree of right and wrong. And mm -hmm. is, I believe a, if, if I don't even know if those terms should be in our, our vocabulary at all, to be honest, but like, um, I mean, he's the truth. And, and, and St. Augustine said something. I, I wish I had it written down. It, it really changed. It was a pivotal thing for me. He said something around the lines, forget everything. Every question you've ever wondered about God will be answered if you live by one concept, living in love and all you do. And everything you've ever wondered about God will be revealed to you. And I know that's a pretty bold statement, but it, I mean, it's... It's just we make things so difficult. Well, you know, something else Augustine said, and this this is mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, for, for people the way uh, because people, you know, people didn't used to read scripture with the hermeneutical science. Yeah. You know, and the hermeneutical that the whole historical critical method. I mean, that's a that that'd be a whole, you know, another conversation for another day. Yeah. But basically, but basically they, you know, they weed out the miracles. They weed out any spiritual uh metaphysic, you know, where the spirit is revealing the, the meaning of the scriptures to you as you read them, the illumination of the spirit. Yes. Uh, but but Augustine said that uh, anyone who interprets scripture is not altogether wrong if they are interpreting it with love. Ah, that's ah, goosebumps. Holy the, the point being that even if even if that even if that's a little off base, if it's in love, you're not wrong. You're not far off and, the path, brother. Yeah, exactly. So, so he did, he did have moments Now he had some bad moments too. And I try to stay away from those cause I love Augustine, but I mean, he had some harsh, harsh moments too, but I believe that was because he was in Rome right over the nerve center of empire. Well, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's in the I'll, thick of, uh, well, right there, but yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. Well, Jesus minds We're, I'm there. <laughs> um, okay. I do have something. I got to add a comedy aspect because my my people out there know I'm weird and that's just the way I am. Um, okay. I just had a friend of mine. Um, I live by the New Testament. I'm a New Testament chick. I'm all about Jesus coming with grace and all this, but but I also really enjoy how the Old Testament is patterned and overlaps the New Testament. It's really cool. I'm noticing the similarities, but there's one similarity. Um, it's probably the weirdest story in the Old Testament I've ever heard. I almost peed my pants. Oh, um, Kings 2, 23, or 2 Kings 2, 23 through 5, Elisha and the two bears. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. It's, I am. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I just, I get like, you're, it's just a, a little comedy break, but it's like, so this bald guy, this prophet, these, these 42 kids are like, like, Hey, baldy, baldy guy. And, and he's just like, I curse you. And these two female bears come and just like rip them apart. 
it's like <laughs> but i know i know it's not it's probably not funny but it, it's come from <laughs> I, I i laugh my butt off i'm not gonna laugh because like god uh, there's there's many lessons there um yeah but it's but this is the kind of crap like that that I think a lot of people who aren't religious, um, I, I wouldn't consider myself religious. I'm a follower of Christ and love. But I think a lot of people who aren't Christians who are, let's say, agnostic atheists, they read stuff like this. And and these are the kind of things I think they um, they have this bad taste in their mouth for people thinking that's kind of how we are. We're like, you know we have these people doing things we think are bad and we curse them and we put up this wall that we're, we're better than them. And, and we just, you know, send the bears, you know? <laughs> and it's, Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, well, you know, that, that, uh, uh, Jesus, I, I think that's a great teaching moment because, you know, if you look how Jesus re- referred to, uh, Elijah in the new Testament, it's when it's when Samara, the Samaritans refused to let Jesus and the disciples go through the town and the um, disciples came back to Jesus and said, do you want us to call down fire on them like Elijah did for rejecting us? Yeah. And wow. Jesus looked at him and he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. I came to save men. I didn't come to destroy him. So wow. if you if you need to do the same thing with that type of scripture, I, I you know, we need to say, well, look, Jesus came and he provided us New Testament upgrades. Yeah. I'm a New Testament dude to match your New Testament. Yeah, chick, no more okay? bears, prophets, so, no more bears. Yeah. So, I mean, and, 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 and there may even be a way to allegorize that even different ways in different yeah, moments. Sure. You know, I'd have to hear I'd have to hear the person's it would depend on where the love was. You know, but but on the literal service, there's no love in any of that passage. No, so, but it, was, it, it just made me laugh. No, I'm sorry. I I know, but I I'm gonna try to use some love goggles on that. But I did get some lessons and testimony out of it. But it was just, I just thought it was so it was so cute. It was this mean little bald prophet. <laughs> well, but you know what? It, it 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 bespeaks to other things because you know the New Testament. Uh, part of the charismatic movement's problems is are that its prophets are still Old Testament prophets. They prophesy with anger. They prophesy with wrath. You just look on the Internet and you find, yeah. you know, uh, that. But the New Testament prophecy is given for comfort, consolation and exhortation, Paul said. It totally changes. And I think when when we see something like that, we can see, well, that shows you the difference between the Old Testament prophet and the New Testament upgrade. I, I and, why it. Je- it, yeah. and why Jesus says you need to know what spirit you're of. We're here to save everybody. You know, we're not we're not here to kill to destroy anybody. <laughs> oh, you know? so the Chicago people need to make a change. It's not about the bears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, that's funny. That's Sorry. good. Well, I love, and this is a quote I I kind of pulled out of some of the stuff. I love where you said Jesus Christ is God's perfect cure for evil, and that just really touched my heart. Um, I love that. It's just something simple that is just so profound. That I mean, he really is the perfect cure for evil, which resides in fear. Um, it's it's pretty pretty epic. Well, thank you. I I think that's pretty much one of the most important words the the Lord has ever given me because I've realized that if we we cannot concede the point, why does God allow evil? That's not the question. The question is, does God allow evil? And then the answer that I got in the wake of the all. Of, of that phrase was that God disallows evil, that Jesus is God's disallowance of evil. Now, now how that disallowance unfurls itself over space and time is a, is a legitimate question. And that's what we can talk about, you know, not, not now, but I'm just saying that's what we can talk about and think about and meditate on. Right. Um, but, but it's, it's, uh, 
that Jesus, who was slain from the foundation of the earth, has always been his antidote for evil. But so so the question then becomes not does God allow evil, but how do we implement God's disallowance of evil? How do we how do we um, enable it? How do we cooperate with it? And that that's the real question. And, you know, because right. Jesus went around doing good, healing everyone who was oppressed of the devil because God was with him. You know, so that that's the unfurling. Jesus unfurled it just enough for us to see what was going on. But now we as the body, we have to do the rest of the unfurling, you know, and that's why we're we we quite honestly, the lack of unity that's in the body right now keeps it from unfurling at the rate at, you know, at the rate that it should be. I feel like the church um, and, and this is bold, but I'm going to say I feel like the church is buried its head in the sand and not providing grace. And I think what yeah. people are thirsty for is the grace of Jesus Christ and, and to show really what unconditional agape love is. And um, that's really my mission. And uh, it should be our mission as a body of Christ, but like every, you know, with this podcast and um, we have a group Jesus without baggage, it's really like, it's about grace and Amen. it's like all are welcomed. And um, I don't know if you remember this was, I had this, this old pastor and he was just so sweet. He always opened um, our sermon and I wanted to close with this because we're about to reach our, um, our mark. And it was so great. Um, God is good all the time mm. and all <laughs> the time God is good. And um, we always opened and closed with that. And I just think that just sums up everything you know that you're saying it's god is all good he is all love and and all i mean i know we could go on forever talking about I mean, you just have so much revelation in everything you do um but hell and fear and anger and wrath does not describe my father amen and um i'm so glad that you're a voice that is is intelligent that didn't settle for the stigma you had as a child and you rose above that. My brother was the same way. They put him in special ed and now he's a genius. He's in special forces working for the government. I have no idea where he is. I don't want to know. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's a genius. And I just wanted to say that's so great. You rose above. And um, thank you so much for being on the show. Brady, it was my pleasure. I'm honored. And uh, I, it's great to hear your spirit and your love for God and your freshness. And it, it's been a blessing. All right. Well, thanks for sitting in my chair and we'll see you next time. All right. All you right. betcha. Take care. Take care. All right.